0: Pirates versus Tyrants, this is the Tom Renn Show, where we practice piracy on the enemies of freedom and liberty. Everybody, and welcome to an early live broadcast of the Tom Renn Show. We are excited to be here. Uh, Producer Andrea is particularly excited. She loves getting up at 5 a.m., you know, she's Pacific Time and uh recording what what else could you possibly want to do at 5 a.m other than hang out with me on a
1: Friday I mean, morning I mean this is a dream come true really well, every, I mean, every diversity hire this is what they dream of this is this
0: is precisely what we look for right um,
1: <laughs> we have a big show today
0: uh I'm very excited Ken McCarthy's joined us and and Ken has written a book at what nurses saw and uh you know, we don't do a ton of interviews here. We're doing more of them lately. Uh, mm. I'm kind of having fun with it. I like talking to people. Yeah. But uh, yeah. this is really, really critical, right? So for COVID and the whole COVID debacle has constituted the single greatest demonstration of crimes against humanity in human history to my mind. Uh, when you talk about hospitals murdering people, when you talk about protocols that you know are going to result in a higher likelihood of death being implemented on a broad scale, Mm -hmm. when you talk about patients who were intentionally neglected, who were abused, who were just all these sorts of things, this is one of the most egregious things happening. And it's still going on, folks. It hasn't changed. It It is absolutely still occurring. The infrastructure is all there, and they need it to be there because we've got the new disease X that the World Economic Forum is getting ready to unleash on the world. And, uh, you know, they need to be able to ramp up deaths and kill people. This is a unbelievable situation. It used to be that the doctor's legal and ethical obligation was to keep people safe. Now we have a situation. Go back. Go back to, was it 2021. Uh, I had the whistleblower data from Medicare, uh, Medicaid database showed that we knew that, for example, in the state of Texas, and I like using Texas as an example because it's Texas, for God's sakes. They knew that over 90% of the people, 9 out of 10 of the people that were put on a vent for COVID were going to end up dead. The doctors knew it, the patients, everybody knew it. The patients didn't. The doctors knew it, the hospitals knew it, the insurance company, the government, everybody knew that if you got put on the vent, it was going to kill you. Yet they continued pushing it on everybody. That is absolutely unacceptable. But they wouldn't let you try ivermectin, right? You can't try ivermectin, but we're happy to push these death protocols on you. It was insane. It was insane. As we went through this period of time, You know, I spoke to a lot of nurses and a lot of doctors and a lot of people who were trying to fight back within the system, and they were incredibly frustrated. It was a very painful thing. And, you know, this story has to be told. It has to be, we have to get this out there in the public. We have to help people to understand that it's, the hospital protocols were the main driver for the deaths from COVID. It wasn't COVID. COVID was just, a cold or a flu, right? It turns into pneumonia, and normally that gets treated. But in the specific case of COVID, instead of treating it, we actually killed people. We we took steps in the hospitals to murder people. It was well known, but yet instead of fighting back, instead of speaking out, these doctors largely just put their head down and kept killing people. They knew what was happening, many of them, not all of them, but there were a lot of them that knew what was happening. And instead of looking into it, instead of doing some homework, instead of researching, why is it that all of my patients are dying from what essentially looks like pneumonia? They just kept jacking those ventilators into people, giving them poisons and watching them die.
1: And there were nurses though. So we're talking right now about nurse whistleblowers. And one of the first things I did in the fight, gosh, it was in the very, very beginning. It might've been 2020 was I interviewed a uh, whistleblower um, nurse, Nicole Saratek. She's out in my state. Right. And she was one of the first ones to go viral that we have, we've had these stories of nurses from the front lines, just that that she went viral because she was crying into her phone, putting a video out there saying, why are, why are we killing people? There were these nurses going when they got the orders from the doctors of how to treat these patients, they sat there and said, excuse me, that's going to kill them. Why, why are we doing that? So God bless these, whistleblower nurses out there like nurse Erin and and these frontline nurses. But why don't we have stories of frontline doctors? I mean, we have some, but I feel like there was more nurses. But then you have the whole floor of the hospital and the higher echelons of the hospital just in lockstep doing this evil protocol stuff. And these nurses just sitting there going, why are we, why are we murdering people?
0: Well, I mean, part of that is because of the role of a nurse in the medical system, you know, the nurse is supposed to be an advocate for the patient. Absolutely. And uh, you know the doctor apparently only advocates for his own pocket. So that's true. You know, I mean, this is a big issue. But this is this is what happened, right? So I, we're going to talk about more of this. I want to bring Ken on. Let me bring Ken on here. Um, uh, how are we doing, Ken? I, I'm I'm honored to have you here. Thank you for writing this book. Thank you for putting out there. I, I'm very eager for this conversation.
2: Thanks for having me on. And I have to ask a technical question. Our generator just kicked on. You don't hear it, do you?
0: <laughs> uh, no, it's not I do not hear it.
2: Okay, we don't have to worry. Okay. I live <laughs> I in the countryside not. and it's essentially the third world here when it comes to electrical service. So, uh,
0: yeah. Well, hey, you know, if Biden has his way, we won't have any electricity anyways. Um, there you go. So, let's let's talk about this. First of all, just as a way of background, can you know t- tell everybody a little bit about you and how you got to the to this fight, right? Because you didn't. It's not like your history is as a nurse or as a doctor, you you know. But you end up in this fight. How how does that all happen? Well, it's it's a long story. So, but I'll keep it short. I've been aware of medical
2: malfeasance for a long time. It goes back to my teenage years, and I think a lot of people. I I bet if we if we had a if we could see our audience and ask them to raise their hands how many people have been abused or mistreated mm-hmm. or injured seriously or killed, or know of somebody who was killed by the medical system. And I think a lot of hands would go up. And uh, I would absolutely agree. Yeah, we had a lot of experiences in, in my in my family. I had them personally. And so uh, I always looked at the whole medical system with a jaundiced eye. Uh, I, I did study uh, some science in school. I studied neuroscience. I didn't get the degree in it, but I did study it. And so I'm not intimidated by anything medical or scientific, I just, you know, use the dictionary and figure yeah. it out, uh, which I encourage everybody to do, by the way. Um, there's no reason any of us can't figure anything out given, given enough time. And there's certainly a lot of experts around that are willing to explain things to us now, thanks to YouTube and things like that. We should take advantage of that. So my first concern was the uh, psychiatric drugging of children, which is, uh, uh, to me, oh, a, 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 a total insane. I mean, it's just insane. And um, I could talk a lot about that, but I was very early and very outspoken in that with whatever platform I had. Um, I was very concerned about the Gardasil insanity. In that made no sense. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see when we get into the, the COVID thing, this stuff makes no sense, no common sense. It makes no scientific sense. And it flies in the face of what was once considered medical practice. Yeah. Um, so I was always aware things were weird uh, when, when the when this China pantomime started. Uh, my thought was, well, let's see, it's coming out of China, and it's being reported by the U.S. news media. Yeah. Therefore, can I say bullshit? Yeah, you can uh, say bullshit. It's it's bullshit squared, or maybe bullshit cubed. I mean, it's it's yeah. exponent. So I just immediately thought there's something wrong. So my antenna went out. I am my profession is marketing and promotion. Uh, but I'm also a student of history, and I'm particularly interested in in history propaganda. As a young man, I think I was in my teens, I saw a book called The War Hitler Won, and I thought, what? He lost the war, and I read it, and it was all about the history of German propaganda and the fact that they did lose the war, but they didn't lose the propaganda war at home. Even when the the whole place was on fire, people were still drinking the Kool-Aid. Yep. Uh, and that really opened my mind as to the power of government propaganda. And I've just continued that study my entire life. So when I'm looking at COVID, I'm looking at it through the lens of of an informed person on the history of propaganda. Well, so I So that's need how it came to the, the basic battle.
0: Well, Ken, I gotta I gotta introduce you to Peter Bragan. I didn't know that you were tied in on on uh, the child psychiatric stuff. Dr. Peter Bragan's a good friend of mine, him and Ginger, his wife they've been fighting that for years they're wonderful people but um so i want to go and i want to just to kind of set the stage here you know i'm looking at the comments and the first thing the first comment nick says you know nuremberg and i'm you know crimes against humanity uh you know work on the truth and the question why are so many blind to the truth well I want to kind of lay, the, lay a little bit of groundwork here early because a lot of people I expect will watch this and they'll ask, you know, what about the lawsuits? What about this? What about that? Uh, for years in this country, we've heard about, oh, the lawyers are making medicine so expensive and we need malpractice reform and you got to get the lawyers out and you got to make sure. And so we practiced, we had tons of malpractice reform. It was everywhere. Everywhere you look, states, especially the Republican states, and, you know, I mean, I'm a patriot. I'm a conservative guy. I don't like lawyers who are ambulance chasers. I certainly don't do that. And I understand there are some bad lawyers out there that do things that are really, you know, questionable ethics, right? But this COVID has demonstrated the dangers of keeping the lawyers out, right? Because what's happened now is they've created a situation where these doctors and these hospitals knowingly were murdering people? Uh, you know, we said, I talked on the air or off air with you beforehand. You know, back in 2021, we dropped uh, Medicare Medicaid whistleblower data that showed that the state of Texas, in the state of Texas, red red Texas, <clears throat> nine out of ten people in hospital systems put on a vent ended up dead why in the hell would you put anybody on event then give them some ivermectin do something else why wouldn't you let your you, you know the patient's family make a decision about what they wanted to yeah. do they wouldn't do it and instead they drove deaths mm-hmm. but you couldn't do anything they said well where's the lawyers well we can't sue you've got malpractice reform you've got COVID immunity you've got all these different things and so when the lawyers aren't there there's no accountability. And you may not like the lawyers, and no one may want to see the lawyers suing them, but I'll tell you what, the reason I haven't see, been able to uh, shut this down as a lawyer is because a lot of these cases we can't file. They're openly It's openly illegal for us to file some of these cases. You know, you're given immunity on COVID issues. You're given immunity on this. You're given immunity on that. We have all this malpractice reform. And so the lawyers couldn't do anything about it the doctors were bought off and the nurses were told shut up and deal with it or or you're going to lose your job and enter your book right because your book and my work same thing right so you know as i'm going through and as i'm fighting this and i'm i'm listening to these guys murdering these people's loved ones right they're they're literally i'm getting call after call after call hey You know, they're gonna they got my loved one on the vent. They say they're gonna die. Why won't they let me try ivermectin? Hey, my loved one's got a bacterial pneumonia and they're saying it's COVID pneumonia. Why won't they give them an antibiotic? Well
1: Or vitamins. They didn't let people have vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin D, basic things. When you're on a vent, you can't eat. They starve right. these people, they dehydrated right. these people when you're well, on a vet, one, right? when you're on yeah. a bed, you don't get any nutrients.
0: Why, right. why won't they feed my loved ones? Why won't they give them you know so, at least some nutrients through, through a feeding tube or something, yeah. right? Nope mm-hmm. Nope, nothing. They literally starve them to death. They give them uh, medicines to suppress their breathing. they, uh, they change the palliative care protocols to, to actually expedite death, which is literally the definition of murder. Mm -hmm. and, you know, nobody understood it, and then, well, you know, when your loved one gets put on the vent, they immediately push you into palliative care, and people didn't understand that what that really meant is they were murdered, that you were giving them permission to murder your loved ones, and uh, to this day, they're still pushing that, and the palliative care protocols have been changed, and they do actually expedite death in many cases, and that is truly, the if you are increasing the rate in which someone is going to die, that is the definition of murder, right? If I shoot you, I make you die sooner, right? That's murder. If I give you a drug overdose or don't feed you or do something else that I know is intentionally going to increase your likelihood of death, that is the definition of murder. Yeah. Yet that is our medical system. Yeah, i mean it's commonly
2: known that if you shoot someone you increase the chances of their death right you know? yeah and, and but we're, we're we we don't, we don't know yet i mean i know you know uh people that have seen it know but the public doesn't know that hospitals and doctors are doing things that are known to kill people repeatedly over and over again and uh isn't that murder i'm not an attorney right so i've puzzled with this what do we call this you know uh, negligent homicide. Um, I mean, what, I don't know what the term is, but I want to go off on a little slight tangent. I just Please. remembered something, and it and it relates to what you were saying. In the early '80s, I was hired by a, a political communications company to do research for a series of ads they wanted to do for the New Jersey Plaintiffs Association, right? And they wanted me to go to Trenton, which is the state capital, and research the actual payouts on malpractice cases. Yeah, because everybody was talking about how bad it was, and people. Oh were yeah. You know, yeah. So I spent a week there with three guys, going through all the judgments for I think yep. twenty years, and I came out horrified. Man loses limb, gets six thousand dollars. Yep. Woman's face disfigured for life due to the carelessness of you know somebody. Yep. Uh, twenty five hundred. I mean, insanity. There were yep. occasional big wins. They were very very rare. What was common was people. Who really were injured horrifically? That got pennies on the dollar. So this idea that there was an explosion of crazy judgments and lawsuits against doctors—it didn't pan out in the in the research that I did in Trenton in the early '80s. So it's hard to take us off on that sidebar, but I, I realize it's plaintiff attorneys that keep this world honest. Yeah, yeah. And, and but I mean, need- the,
1: the, the amount of money that the doctors get—I mean, you're talking about money flow—the the pennies that go down to these these people. In these lawsuits, but then the amount of money like during COVID that the doctors made, there shouldn't be a money making machine on on this, this whole story we're telling either this. Well, well, it really, it really really
2: was, it really was a money making machine. And and as Tom, as Tom points out, and this is probably the biggest takeaway, this thing is still in
0: place. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't put a scratch on it. No, 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 no. the laws are still there. The the books, everything's still in the books. And uh, they're still if you go in for COVID today you're still very likely to be murdered in a hospital with almost no recourse. Yep. Uh, to, and understand this is so critical because not only are they still murdering you in the hospital, but they are actually uh, they're, they're tripling down on this and creating pro, uh, precedent on a large scale with disease X coming. And I, I don't think we can talk about this without recognizing right now the World Economic Forum is meeting in Davos and they're talking extensively about disease X. Disease X, according to our intel, is sitting on a shelf right now, okay? Disease X, according to our intel, will be released, and I don't think it'll be an accident. They're going to try and say it's a zoonotic spillover. It's not a zoonotic spillover any more than COVID was a zoonotic spillover. They're going to release Disease X. It's going to be far more dangerous. Uh, We've asked a question. I just posted on Twitter the other night and asked a question. Is disease X going to be much more dangerous for those that were vaxxed? And I think the answer is yes, but that's another story. Um, So we're going to have this disease X running around. You're going to have a whole bunch of people going to the hospital, and you're going to see COVID part two. And no one is changing it. Nobody's addressing it. The lawyers can't do anything. They're going to pass more laws to make sure that the hospitals are just as insulated with disease X. They're going to look at where we've had success in cracking things on the COVID litigation, and they're going to double down on tightening those laws. And our crooked politicians aren't going to do a damn thing about it other than facilitate it. So get ready, folks. It's going to happen again. And you aren't going to have health care except for the handful of doctors who are, you know, out there telling the truth. And those guys are going to get attacked, disbarred, yep. or I'm sorry, yeah, lose their out license. of the profession. Yep. They're yep. going to lose their license. And get sued. And, like Dr. Uh, you and know, Putin. you're going to have nothing yeah. you can do. So we better pay attention to what happened with COVID. If you think COVID's over, if you think, oh, I'm tired of it, I want to move on. It's not an issue for this election cycle. We need to move on. I got news for you. I got news for you. This needs to be one of the top topics. If there's one thing that Bobby Kennedy has done great, and I actually like Bobby. I'm a Trump guy, right? I'm a Trump guy. But I like Bobby, and I like that he's kept the focus on these COVID murders and things like that because it's necessary. But for Bobby, nobody would be talking about this. Thankfully, Bobby's there. I mean, we have the Republicans in the House with their COVID committee who are doing nothing but trying to whitewash what's occurred and cover up for the military industrial complex involvement in this and, and the whole thing. Brad Winstrup, the head of the COVID committee, got $168,000 from Big Pharma in the last election cycle. Do you think he's going to look at this? Big Pharma, who made money off of Remdesivir? Big Pharma, who made money off of all of the drug protocols that they used to murder people? Hell no, the hospitals made a killing off of this. Uh, you know, they're. Uh, One strip's not doing anything other than covering for this. And they're going to try and throw Fauci under the bus. Now, Fauci belongs under a bus, maybe under a steamroller. But that said, you got to understand, Fauci's a piece of garbage and belongs in jail for life or at the end of a rope. But there were a lot of people involved and no one's talking about the core problem. Who created this disease? Where did it come from? Why was it here? Why are the vaccines so dangerous? And why can't we sue anybody over any of this? That's the real issue. By the way, I got to do a quick uh, shameless plug. Please support us at TomRens.com. Support the Tom Rens Show on the America Out Loud Network. Click share. This is an important conversation. We need you guys to share this. You want to stop murder protocols? You want to stop what's going on? You got to get the word out. That's why we do these interviews. Ken's book... Ken's book is absolutely vital. I need everybody to look at what nurses, what the nurses saw. Look at this book, get it out there, right? Um, Can I share it? our books? There it is, there it is.
1: I put the link as well in our chat on both Rumble and Twitter. So please, please grab Ken's book.
0: Yeah, yep. so it, it, please get that out there, hit share.
3: How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with CoFix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? CoFix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. CoFix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally.
2: Okay, so So if I I may, I have something I want to suggest, please focus on this is this shows about awareness, which is so important, because most people don't know this machine exists. They don't know they or their loved ones can be thrown into it at the drop of a hat. It's still, as you pointed out, in play for COVID. It's in play for any disease. And I have a different sort of theory about these diseases. They don't even have to invent an actual disease. They can just take a common respiratory problem, put a frame around it, call it the most dangerous thing ever seen to humanity.
1: White lung, white lung disease. White lung, right. (laughs) Which yep. is pneumonia.
2: Then, which is which is something that every um, um, radiologist sees every day. You know, yep. it's, yes. it's, there's nothing new about white lung. It's all baloney. And they're yeah. using uh, the the one place where the the military, I believe, absolutely is involved is they're yeah. using uh, literal warfare level propaganda against us. And, you know, you can't you cannot you literally cannot go to war unless you have a well oiled propaganda machine. You have to keep the people at home in line. You have to, you know, cover your tracks internationally Uh, and they don't leave it up to chance. And they are the world's best and they have the world's greatest infiltration into the news media. Well, Fauci and friends and it's not just Fauci, as you point out, it's the whole complex. They have ridden the coattails of the military propaganda machine. And there's a lot of uh, sharing, like a guy will be trained in psyops in the army. And next thing you know, he's working for Pfizer or he's working for the CDC. Here's something. If you want to understand the size of their propaganda machine, the CDC has a 200,000 square foot building in Atlanta devoted to nothing but communications with the public. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) a big building. (laughs) <laughs> I, I,
2: I once was involved in buying a fifty thousand square foot building, and it was huge. Yeah, and that's filled with people working twenty four hours a day. And our problem is, it's us. It's just us, and yeah. we're trying to you know make make livings and you know keep the lights on and everything. These guys yeah. are going. They're getting they're, they're getting a paycheck. They're hitting the time clock. They're doing this forty hours a mm-hmm. week. Fauci's yeah. got eight um, alone, and I don't want to single Fauci out. It's just he's just an example. He's a cog in the machine. His department alone has eight different guys who are directors of some aspect of his division, which is a, I always forget the. he's not, he's uh, something under NIH, the um, uh, uh, Allergy and Infectious Disease, right? Yeah. He's got eight people whose, whose job is just to manage public awareness.
1: Yeah.
2: And all those people have staff. So I'm, I'm just, you know, back of the envelope. He's got 50 yeah. or 60 full time people yeah, and they, they're dedicated and the to thing. lying. And yeah. here's the other thing. We call CNN or the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal. They don't even, they don't even pick up the phone. No. Oh, Fauci, well. can, Fauci and friends can pick up the phone and they answer. Yeah. So they've yeah, got yeah. all these people. So, we're so uh, you know, the um, initiatives like Tom's are so important. You know, yeah. it, people, people ask, well, what can I do about it? Support the fighters. That's what yes. you can do about Amen. it, right? Well, so, um, so awareness we're talking about saving your life. And and I want to point something out. There have been people killed by these protocols who knew the masks were BS, who knew the vaccines were BS, who knew Remdesivir were BS. They got into the hospital because yep. they, they felt unwell. They felt the need for hospital attention. Yep. And they got swept away by the system. If anybody listening has ever been in a hospital, it's a little bit disorienting. You know, it's not like walking into a bar, you know, or or, or going into the mall uh you are you are literally captured in a sense and and uh uh you know they talk about uh releasing you from the hospital where else are you released from you released from prison right so there's a lot of psychology going on it's not necessarily deliberately foisted upon us but it's the nature of the beast you're in a bed you're wearing a weird you know outfit uh you got a little bracelet around your neck uh you're not feeling well uh, you're very vulnerable. So even if you think you know everything about this and you're bulletproof and nobody's going to pull one over on you, we have a long list of people who were oh, yeah. very knowledgeable, who ended up dead. What? So maybe we, so, sorry,
0: go ahead, Tom. Including good doctors and nurses and lawyers. I've actually had lawyers who've been, you know, in hospitals that, that, you know, are, Hey, oh my God, what can I do They're Look what they're doing to me. I thought I was, you know, I'm a lawyer. I thought i was safe. no, no. There is no safety here, and you've got to understand something. When you go to the hospital, our 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 politicians have essentially created a situation. By the way, someone just asked if Fauci and Friends take the vaccine. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Can
1: can I tell you? We know
0: sorry in France it's been admitted, and we know elsewhere the politicians, the leader class got, got placebos. They got different, the, the color of the cap denoted what the the formulation was for a lot of these vaccines. And when you see these crooked politicians getting these, some of them are getting the real thing. Some of them are not the ones that were too stupid and went to the pharmacy, the local pharmacy, because they thought they were getting a PR thing. They may have got the real thing, but, uh, I assure you, Fauci and crew were not taking the real thing any more than Borla or any of these other guys. They weren't taking the real thing. This is absolutely a murder for hire conspiracy. So do if you believe that these guys were taking the the same thing you were, I got news for you. I got a bridge for you to buy. Um, can I've been, I've been studying, um, uh, public, uh,
2: injections of high ranking officials for years. And if you go back and look at them all, you know, Cameramen know how to cut angles correctly. Mm-hmm. Yes, if they, they want do. to show the needle going into the skin, they'll show yep. it. You will never see one of these guys with a full shot where you see a needle going into the skin. You'll mm-hmm. never see it. No. I saw you well, get injected. Yep. The, the he, scientists,
1: he you know, scientists like Dr. Judy McVitz, but then we also have Dr. Robert Malone. What's interesting about Malone is he says he actually got a shot, but those who've been on the ground level of this um, mod RNA tech for years and years and years, because it's been around forever, but it's always been horrifying to anyone who's on the ground level researching this technology, because it's not a vaccine, um, they all said it's scary because as they printed themselves, we've talked about on our show back in years and years, yeah, 2015, 2006, they talked about shedding. They talked about cancer. They talked about all these ways that this this tech can kill you. So anyone who knew anything about the technology, of course, they're not going to touch it. You think Fauci's going to touch it? He knows how dangerous it is. Yeah. They talked no. about how dangerous it was in their own research and their own studies years before they just threw it out to the world to try out. Yep. There's
0: no question about this. This was intentional and it was planned. And someone just made a comment. Uh, so now, uh, so Reiner Fulmek from ICIC is in prison. We all have a lot of hopes for this investigation Corona committee. Folks, let me tell you something. These are the most dangerous and evil people on the planet. They are openly putting out a product the vaccines that they know is killing children they don't care because they're making money off of it they know what's going on they understand so you've got to understand we are literally fighting the definition of evil guys like reiner people like it is very 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 treacherous to do what we do. I have had a target on my back. I cannot tell you just on a personal level, and I don't get into this too much and I make jokes about it, but I'm going to tell you on a personal level, you, if, if people knew the kind of stuff that we have to deal with in and fighting this, it would blow minds. And I'm not going to get into it because I'm not going to publicize these nonsense garbage people that do what they do. I don't care. And it ain't going to change what I'm doing. But you've got to understand, when you fight this fight, if you take this fight, no, we're not suicidal. I love life. Um, But when you take this fight on, when you talk about the CIA developing these vaccines, when you talk about Pfizer knowing that they're murdering people, these are people who are, this is a trillion-dollar industry, and they don't mind killing for money. So you've got to understand who you're fighting, and you've got to understand that, you know, even guys like Reiner, Reiner's a brilliant guy. You know, I know Reiner. Um, They're going to get set up. They're going to get, you know, lied about. They're going to get defamed. They're going to get this. They're going to get that. Everything that we do has to be from a defensive approach because otherwise you're taken out of the fight. I, you know, I mean, we're very careful about what we do and how we do it. And I don't care. I don't care what it, you know, but, you know, it, it just, this is what's going on. This is what's going on. And you've got to know that when you're fighting this fight, this is what happens. Every single one of us, Ken will take attacks for this book. I don't know how many, I don't know what, never know where it's coming from, but he'll get attacked. Um, You know, my work, daily attacks every day. Uh, uh, You know, producer Andrea, producer Andrea herself has had more attacks from her work in this health freedom stuff than, than any you'd ever imagine.
1: I knew I I was in trouble when I became, when I became (laughs) so dangerous, a a literal homeschool Patriot mom became very dangerous. So, I mean, just speaking the truth is a dangerous thing to do.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, that's a huge deal. Now, Ken, I want to talk to you about these, these nurses, Um, you know, this will uh, resonate with you, given the book, but, you know, so you hear something like this. Hey, so this patient comes in, and uh, they wouldn't let us test for bacterial pneumonia. They wouldn't let us do any tests. It uh, came in with symptoms that were actually completely unrelated to COVID, uh, but, uh, they, you know, we couldn't do any tests. I actually had one guy came in for kidney issues. Uh, they test him for COVID. They throw him in the COVID uh, uh, wing, and and uh, you know, once this guy gets there, they start, even though he's not having any breathing issues, they start pushing uh, these drugs related to COVID that suppress suppresses breathing. Uh, next thing you know, his oxygen levels drop because you gave him drugs to suppress his breathing, and they put him on uh, they put him on assisted breathing. Well, as as they continued with these drugs and the assisted breathing, his oxygen levels continued to drop. So then they move him to the vent. Uh, they give him more drugs that continue to depress him while not treating other issues like the secondary uh, pneumonia that's developed because when you put someone on a vent, that's a very common issue. And uh, they won't treat that. They're still giving him things like remdesivir. His kidneys are now getting worse because remdesivir shuts down your kidneys. Uh, you know, this guy's dying. And then we put him on uh, palliative care where we starve him to death, OD him on morphine and other drugs, and uh, and then we watch him die.
2: This Does this is sound a- familiar? This is the assembly line, and every nurse had the same narrative, and they're from different states, they're from different countries. Uh, It's it's an assembly line, and it all starts with you getting a positive COVID uh, test result. And notice, I didn't say you have COVID, I just said they gave you some tests. And, you know, they did little things like uh, the tests were free to the hospitals. The government just gave them all the testing material they needed. Right. And they would test their patients over and over and over, hoping to get a well, positive Well, PCR COVID.
0: tests ran at 40-plus cycles, so it's going to right. show you positive no matter what you've got.
2: Yeah, a, a PCR is basically an amplification system. You take a little bit of genetic material and you amplify it rapidly. And the guy that developed it, Kerry Mullis... Yep. Uh, won, the, won the Nobel Prize in chemistry for it. And, and I know probably most of your listeners know this, but we, we can never stop reminding ourselves this. He said, it's not a diagnostic tool in any way. It's it's a laboratory uh, uh, production tool. It has nothing to do with diagnosing disease. You can literally find any disease in anybody if you just ramp the cycles up enough. In fact, yep. uh, before COVID, there was a very funny or interesting story about the New York subway. And they swabbed the New York subway they found every disease known to man on the seats, on the handles. Yep. Now, were people dropping dead? No, because no. we have immune systems. And uh, I want to just—I want to say, talk to people about how they can protect themselves, and, and then—and then talk, and then in in doing that, I'll also explain what they have to protect themselves from first. Yep. And, and I want to say this: um, we all have to take better care of our health. We all have to be smarter about our health. There's a lot of good YouTube yep. channels. You can learn a whole lot. And the more you know, the less dependent you are on the system. And I think that's one of our fundamental problems. A lot of the good common sense things that we would have learned from our grandmother uh, are now uh, at work, by the way. That's why we're here. I mean, remember, we're alive because our ancestors who had none of this stuff survived. How did they survive? A lot of it was common sense. Uh, a lot of this material is available online. YouTube's really good. Make it a regular habit to learn how to fortify your health and to stop doing the things that might be you know, reducing your health. That's step number one. Step number two, realize, somebody asked me on an interview, he said, it's so terrible to think you can't trust your doctor. And I said, what makes you think that guy's your doctor? He's the hospital's doctor. He's yep. getting a paycheck from them. And well, that's, thank I'm, you,
0: Obamacare.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. COVID but, but, couldn't but he, have happened he, without Obamacare, by the way. It, it certainly it certainly made an already bad situation way worse. That, no question about it. So they're they're drawing their paycheck from the se- from the hospital. And I literally asked this last night on another call. We had a really interesting call with eight nurses all at once. It was, well, it was more actually. I think it was sixteen. We had two hours, eight and eight. And I said, listen, let me ask you this. If it's up if, if a doctor is going to lose his job. And then get blackballed because they don't just lose. You don't just lose a job. You also get blackballed. Yes. Um, and the decision is between following orders and keeping their job and not let it, not rocking the boat and watching you die. I'm asking you, nurses, what will most doctors do? And they were like, they're going to let you die. Just keep now keep this in mind when you're dealing with with a a a doctor who's getting a salary from a hospital. And then on another interview, I said these hospital corporations and the guy stopped me and he said, wow, you know, I've never heard anybody say that. They're always talking about hospitals. You're the first person I ever heard say hospital corporation. And I wasn't I didn't intend to. It just came out and I said, yeah, that's really right. These are not our grandparents' hospitals. Hospitals used to be community based. The the, the community would raise the money, maybe some, you know, some wealthy industrialists who came from the town would put the money up. It was run as a true nonprofit. Yeah, most of these hospitals are still operating on the legal fiction that they're nonprofits, <laughs> which is um, absurd. Yeah. yeah, and so we had we had local doctors, local nurses, and, and every and the and the hospital was accountable to the community. And the purpose of the hospital, imagine this, was to help the health and well being of people. Yeah. Well, these are corporations now. These hospital corporations—they're as ruthless as the worst pharmaceutical company. Maybe yeah. even maybe even more so.
0: They don't care. No. Um. So you have Ran to. Ran by lawyers this. and businessmen, not doctors.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so you have to know this in your interactions with hospitals. Therefore, you don't want to go into a hospital lightly. Uh, because here's what's happen, here's what happens if you go in, and Tom sort of foreshadowed what I'm about to tell you now. The minute you are diagnosed as a, a COVID patient, which is absurd, right? They always go about a case, an active case, a patient, all this stuff. All it means is they took some, they used some half-assed test that's completely unreliable and they got a positive result. However, your medical and I think legal status, this is something maybe you could shine some light on too. You are now in a new universe. All previous medical practice, all previous scientific knowledge, all previous common sense is now out the window and you are now a COVID patient. And all kinds of things become permissible, which previously would have been unthinkable. All right. So the very first thing they do to you if you are if if you're hospitalized and you're a COVID patient. And again, Tom makes a really important point. You could go in with a kidney problem. You could go in with a broken leg. You could go in with any one of 10,000 ailments. If you suddenly are tested, if you're tested as positive COVID, even if you don't have a sniffle, you are now in a new universe and no normal rules apply anymore. So what are the rules for the COVID patient? This
0: one blew my mind. America Out Loud Network, we're all over the place. Help us, share, share, share. We need people to look at what's going on here.
2: We stand at the gates of hell that global tyrants have thrust upon us. We invite you to join us, to seal shut those gates and stamp out evil, so that mankind may live freely. AmericaOutloud.news is your inspiration source to join the fight to take America back from the world's greatest oppressors. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Outlaw Talk Radio. Liberty and Justice for all.
1: so stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org
2: all right so The the other thing tom they did is they banned families and, and advocates and anybody from coming in and seeing what was going on. So all this stuff was happening in a black box. That was also completely unprecedented in the history of medicine. And interestingly enough, the nurses who saw horror after horror after horror, they said the worst thing was the was denying people advocates to
0: see what was going on. Uh, yeah. Well, there's, there's no a question. I mean, people were begging me. why can't i just say goodbye they said they're gonna die they're gonna die in two days why can't why can't his son come in and say goodbye to his daddy why can't the daughter come in and say goodbye to her daddy or her mommy Mm -hmm. why can't they why i mean honestly that's the most horrific thing i've ever seen prisoners get better treatment than this
1: exactly when i interviewed nicole Saratech, she broke down in tears while we were talking and she told me of a story that she she actually you know didn't get in trouble, didn't get caught, but she told the story how she got one of her patients who was going to die. She smuggled him out of the hospital through a back door and he had a emotional goodbye with his family next to the dumpsters in the back of the hospital in New York. So she had to smuggle her dying patient out of the hospital and by the dumpsters behind the hospital, he said goodbye to his family. That's how inhumane and disgusting this whole thing has been.
0: Yep. I wish there was video of that. I would love to put that out there so that people could see this is our medical system. This is what our politicians have done. And make no mistake, I want you guys to understand, when people say, what are you doing about it, Ren, lawfare, lawfare, right? Legal, political PR. We cannot litigate this away. And I want to be clear. We've got a lot of good lawyers that are litigating on this, and we're all working on it. We're all working hard on it. But we have legislation that's been passed specifically to allow this to happen. We have to have our politicians change the laws. The courts can't change this. The courts do not have the legal ability under our Constitution to just change the law. So we have to, if we want to win this, we've got to make sure that enough people hear this message and understand what's happening. That they force these crooked politicians who are owned by big pharma to actually change these laws. If they don't, this isn't going to change. So they said, when people say to me, Renz, you know, you're doing an interview with Ken, and Ken's it's very compelling. You know, you and you and producer Andrea are bringing out great information. Why are you doing that instead of suing somebody? The law's clear. You have immunity for actions that you took with COVID. There is not a damn thing I can do in a court about that. The courts, the courts are going to say, listen, our legislature, our crooked politicians have passed a law. The Constitution says that they can pass that law. And the reality is that you cannot ask a court to change the law. These laws have to be changed from our crooked politicians that are owned by Big Pharma. It's not just that. So what I'm pushing for is, you know, as an attorney, you understand the law from beginning to end. It's not just what I can do in a court. It's also what I can do to push and promote legislation that will fix this at the state or federal level. So we do a lot of that, but that only works when we the people stand together and help. You've got to be calling. You've got to be fighting. You've got to get people together. We have to have millions and millions of people stand and say, because understand something. Brad Wenstrup, who was appointed to the head of the COVID committee precisely because he was owned by Big Pharma, his job is to whitewash us. They're not going to ask real questions. They're going to throw Fauci under the bus, and Fauci belongs under the bus, but they're not going to do anything about it. What are they doing to change this legislation? When, when's Brad going to have me come down and testify about the legislation that exists that allows for these hospital murders to occur without, without any sort of uh, ability to do anything about it as an attorney? When is Brad going to have me come down and talk about the vaccine injuries? When is Brad going to have me... By the way, Brad Winstrup's a fellow Ohioan. I live in Ohio. He's out of Cincinnati where he's controlled by Big Pharma. But understand something, I'm not hard to get a hold of. But, you know, the first time I was able to go to Congress and do anything with this was uh, through Ron Johnson. And, uh, you know, then I went back with Marjorie Taylor Greene. These guys you know, are actually looking for truth. But you've got these frauds like Brad Winstrup who are up there acting like they're doing something. And this huge, huge push and focus on Anthony Fauci is a disservice to all of the people who've been murdered. Anthony Fauci should, should very quickly be thrown in jail for the rest of his life. And then we need to start going for the real people who are still doing this. We have to push the legislation. And none of these politicians want to take accountability for what they've done. They have passed legislation that is allowing for murder. We have legalized murder in the hospitals, yes. and we've made the hospitals immune from retribution from the from the attorneys. Until Absolutely. that's changed, there's not a damn thing we can do about this other than watch our loved ones be murdered every time they come in. So you want to know why Ren spends so much damn time on the media? It's because until we the people start demanding this change, it ain't going to happen. We've we got have to get to this yep. word out there everywhere. Mm-hmm. Why did I say share? Because guess what? We haven't had enough people talking about this. We don't have enough people aware of what Ken is talking about, of what the nurses saw, of what the doctors saw, of what I saw firsthand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until people wake up and understand what's occurred, this will continue. So I'm praying to God that people share this and get Ken's book out. And then we start calling Jim Jordan and Brad Winstrup and all these other politicians and asking, what are you going to do about the legislation that keeps Big Pharma and the hospital safe when they murder my loved ones? Guess what? Disease X is coming. Mm -hmm. It's going to be released. And when that does, it's going to be COVID on steroids, folks. You better be ready. This has to be an election issue. We need to ask everybody what you're going to do about that. So anyways, I'm sorry I get on a tirade, but it's- no, this is your you're saving me from saying it because this is this is the issue. This machine
2: is still in place and it, it's not going anywhere. They can stick the key in, turn the ignition on and fire it up again and kill another hundreds of thousands of people. And we should really talk about the scale of, of the killing. Right. So 1.1 million people in the United States were said to said to have died of covid. I'm being very particular <laughs> with wow. my language. Uh, of those 92% of them were in a hospital or other medical facility. Yeah. Now, does that mean 900,000 plus of them were, were killed by the hospital? I don't, I don't know. Nobody knows the real number until we look until somebody looks at the facts, but we know they put a protocol in place that was guaranteed to kill. And we've already talked about the fact that they didn't do normal anti inflammatory treatments. They let the fire burn. Yep. Um, another thing, another trick they would use is somebody would be on what's called a cannula. They, they needed some assistance yep. with breathing, and they had enough. But but maybe they, the the uh, oxygen level wasn't perfect, so they said, you know, this cannula is not working. We're going to put yep. you on a BiPAP. Yep. Okay, this is really important for people to know. You don't want to go on a BiPAP first early or first. This really? is
0: escalation. This is how yep. they escalated it to the vent.
2: Yeah, and a BiPAP is basically a vent without the tube down your throat. It's a very intense thing. It's a mask on your face. Uh, It's been described to me as you put your head out the window at 60 miles an hour and it's just blowing in. Now, under normal circumstances, if the doctor needs to escalate to that level and it's not a common thing, but if they do, you're supposed to be educated. You're supposed to be told, listen, this is going to be very uncomfortable because they strap it on. I mean, it's on. You can't take it off. I mean, and you're already, you're already coming in distressed. You're already coming in with respiratory problems. So now you got this mask on you, shoving your down. A compassionate, intelligent doctor who wanted you to live would say, listen, this is intense. It's going to be uncomfortable. But they didn't do this for a lot of these patients. They just slapped this thing on, often unnecessarily,
0: and left them alone. So what do you yeah. think happens? They let get me worried. interrupt they get you agitated. Because, let me interrupt you because we're going to have to sign off for the radio show. We're going to do a few extra minutes on the live here uh if you're if you're able to but support us on tomrens.com support the tomrens show the america out loud network uh please hit share on this this is so important check out the rumble the twitter channel watch us look for this show everywhere this needs to be everywhere tomrens.com what the nurses saw please share that book get it out there Thank you guys for listening. Now we're going to do a few extra minutes here on the live because I think this is—I don't want to cut you off on this, and I think it's too important. So, please go ahead and continue, Ken. Well, you know, I, I always say if you're going to commit a crime, commit a really complicated crime with a
2: lot of moving pieces, and, and it's very hard to. Do. So there's a lot to unfold here, but but be careful if they're putting your loved one or you on a BiPAP. Uh, because it means they're they they the next step is to put you on a vent. Now, just so everybody knows what a vent is and intubation is, it's a pipe that's stuck down your throat, down all the way down your throat. <clears through> throat> your, the slang for it in hospitals is the garden hose. Yep. Um, it is considered a really intrusive kind of operation. It's an op- I mean, it's a, it's an operation in a sense with a um, lot of issues that go with it. So many. I mean, um, you know, first of all. They have to drug you they have to knock you out they have to give you analgesics to deal with the pain including fentanyl very often they have to give you anti um uh they have to give you paralytics so you don't move around and this isn't a pill that you take this is an uh, iv and there's a bag and there could be anywhere from five to twelve bags going into these patients to keep them under now under normal circumstances you don't intubate somebody unless it's the end it's the end of the road it's the last ditch chance you have you've you've exhausted all other opportunities because you know if you put somebody on an event there's a good chance you're going to kill them just on the event now add all the drugs and all the drug interactions and so uh the the hospitals were were financially incentivized to put people on vents. so they were racing people through the events one of the interviews i have is with a 23-year veteran veteran uh uh, um uh, forgetting the word therapist uh in Respiratory, excuse me. Uh, no. Respiratory therapist, twenty-three years of experience, stellar record, respected by all. And he, he goes into the details of how the way they used intubation under COVID, unprecedented in the history no. of medicine. Uh, well, then- and then they did another incentivization that I, I learned through the. You probably already know this. You got the hospitals got an extra bonus if they kept you vented for ninety-six hours or more now my expert in the book said listen once we vent somebody the very next day we're doing some tests to see if we can get them off it why because of the drugs they're having to have to stay under because of the, t- the chance of infection because the vent itself could destroy their lung tissue i mean this is not a a, a risk-free procedure it's highly risky right so you you want to get somebody off fast so what did the government do hey just keep them on for 96 hours and we'll and we'll give you another uh, bonus
1: and they were worried that we didn't have enough vents. Do you remember?
2: Oh, well, I yeah, mean, I remember
1: I mean, in the beginning well, of this where it was like they were building all these extra tent hospitals for this pandemic where, you know, most of this are, the this.
2: Yeah. And who was the cheerleader for vents? The, the corrupt Andrew Cuomo who had to leave the governor's office in New York in disgrace. By the way, uh, I, I watch a lot of news and I, I heard Chris Cuomo say we were talking with Tony every day. Yep. <laughs> Anthony Fauci was on the phone every day with Andrew Cuomo with his bomber jacket, pretending to be a leader, doing his oh. daily. But he also he also said no resuscitation.
0: Yeah. Well, remember Fauci's oh. job was to coordinate the murder, but uh he was he was just part of a machine. He was just Exactly the face no, of exactly.
2: It. All these guys were just uh underlings. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but, well, but, but but it's important.
0: I wanna yeah. I wanna I wanna stop one second because I wanna interject this and I don't think it can be overstated. So, I, and I don't think that I've even talked about this as much as I should have. You mentioned the BiPAP machine, and I want to talk about that because what they did is they did, when they went through this escalation process, the cannules, the BiPAP was an important part of this. And for those of you guys that don't know, like, like Ken was saying, it's a mask they put on your face and it blows air down your throat. Now, this is what they did was they would turn this up to uncomfortable levels. It caused people pain. I had a lot of uh, people say that this was hurting me. It's causing me pain. And what they would do is they would crank this up so high that it would cause lung damage. It would cause inflammation. Uh, when they blow it too hard, it can actually cause inflammation in your lungs that le- leads to pneumonia-like symptoms, which they then use to justify going to the, to the vent. Right, so this whole thing—they knew this. This whole thing was an intentional uh, thing. I mean, I can go through. I've I pulled the rest, the the documents. Right, so I went through the FDA documents, and where they talk about the dangers of BiPAP, when they talk about respiratory therapy, I have the whole the whole paper trail on this. Right, so this isn't like it might have happened. This was a well-known thing. Our FDA, specifically with Fauci and all these guys. They specifically structured this in a way that was going to result in the murder of patients. They knew they were doing everything wrong and they did it anyways. Your loved ones were murdered. They weren't they didn't die by accident from COVID, they were murdered. The FDA knew it, the CDC knew it, the hospitals knew it. They didn't care because they were getting paid for it because our politicians passed legislation that paid them for murder. They paid them for all of these things get your bonus murder your patient get
2: so they your got bonus, more money murder your if patient. you die
1: more money yep. if you die I mean,
0: just think of the planning
2: involved think of how involved it is to to draft legislation and to push it through so at yep. some point there were a bunch of people in a room with a whiteboard figuring out okay let's come up with a protocol yep. and they deliberately they deliberately came up with a protocol that f- flew in the face of all previous medical experience all scientific reason yep. and all common sense yeah,
0: this wasn't this wasn't something that could have happened by accident. They right. literally went the wrong direction in every imaginable instance. And then right? they got every the every single t- time. Yep. That that they had the opportunity to, to give someone, you know, something that would intervene and help, a, me- a proper medical intervention, they went the other direction. This is not an accident. And, well, uh, and Joyce just asked who wrote the bill. There's a bunch of bills, the CARES Act, the PREP Act, a bunch of these things. But then you have to look at the protocols that were structured, that came from the CDC, NIH, Mm -hmm. FDA, and these protocols were then distributed. And I'm going to tell you guys, it's very difficult to understand how this is done and to trace this because it was done in a way where it's done in conjunction with the big hospital systems and the insurance companies, and all of them have NDAs with each other. So, you can't see what they were doing, but what they were in many cases, but what they did, this is why Obamacare was key. And, you know, for anybody that doesn't know why it is that Trump, when he came into office in 2016 and had a Republican House and a Republican Senate, you may remember he wanted to repeal Obamacare and he couldn't do it, even though he controlled both houses. And, uh, you know, he wanted to repeal it. Why is that? Well, because McConnell and these crooks were absolutely in on this. This has been going on. You know, we've laid out in other shows how this was going on since the mid-20-teens. Um, this has been planned. This was planned under Obama, which is why Obamacare was there. This whole thing has been done for uh, done over the course of decades, not years. Right. And uh, you've got to understand that this was one of the most well-orchestrated plans in history. Uh, someone said, uh, someone asked me about Nuremberg 2.0. Uh, understand nuremberg 2.0 requires legislation the only way that that happens is if enough this Mm -hmm. is again why we're doing this show why we're talking to people until enough people demand it i mean demand it it will not happen all right thank you all thanks ken a lot i appreciate it let's we definitely got to get you back on and thank everybody for listening